0: Welcome to Leadership Web, a podcast series from the University of Arkansas that exposes listeners to a wide range of perspectives on leadership. Through interviews with current leaders, Leadership Web strives to provide tools for you to either begin building your own or continue improving your existing leadership framework. We believe that there is no one single path to successful leadership, but that we can all learn from each other on our own leadership journeys. Today, Dr. Andrew Bram and Mrs. Sadie Casillas are joined by Mario Ramirez, President at M. Ramirez Group LLC and Managing Director of Avalon Net Worth. His top five values are humility, integrity, preparedness, loyalty, and confidence. Well, welcome everybody. I'm Andrew Bram. I'm here with Sadie Casillas, and we have Mario Ramirez, who is the president of M. Ramirez Group, LLC, and the managing director of Avalon Net Worth. Thank you, Mario, for joining us today.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, we were introduced through Dean Waller. It is my understanding that you are on the Dean's Executive Advisory Board for the Sam M. Walton College of Business, and you're also on the Campaign Arkansas Steering Committee. Would you mind talking just a little bit about what some of your roles are on the advisory board and
1: on the steering committee? Sure, giving back, serving is, is part of who I am, and you know having the honor, and I, I do see it as an honor to serve on the Dean's Executive Advisory Board is, you know, I see it as a, not only a way to give back, a way to open doors for students, for the university. I feel like I'm essentially kind of a window into the marketplace for the university, for uh, for students. You know, I'm there to, to give feedback on the direction, on the curriculum, and to see if we can create opportunities for the university and for students. Mm-hmm. And probably first and foremost, students. So. Regarding the steering committee, mm-hmm. you know, my role there is find the resources that we need to fulfill the goal, but also creating, you know, friendships, relationships, collaborations with the, with the university and external partners, mm-hmm. you know, be it through, through financial resources, through other opportunities that can, can serve the university overall.
0: Your discussion there about what your perspective of the advisory board and the steering committee I think reflects strongly on the first value that you gave us, which is humility. And when I saw humility, I also thought about all of the other volunteering that you do. And when I went on your LinkedIn site, which is a fantastic site, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. uh, You not only serve uh, those two functions at the University of Arkansas, but you're on the board of directors at the Liberty Christian School and the Fossil Rim Wildlife Center. And you're also very active in the Hispanic Leadership Alliance. I'm probably even leaving some things out. It seems that you spend a lot of time in these volunteering roles.
1: I do, and it's uh, as I mentioned, it's, it really is part of who I am. Partially because I, f- I feel the need to to give back, but I also feel a responsibility to give mm-hmm. back. And it really started. You know, I've, I've told this story several times, but uh, a fraternity brother of mine, I was a Sigma Nu at the University of Arkansas, graduated, graduated here in '89. And uh, Kenny Gibbs was here, Mm -hmm. and he graduated before me. He was working at Merrill Lynch. I did cold calling for him one summer in Little Rock. Uh, Came back, finished my uh, undergraduate, and then went to work for Merrill Lynch. When they hired me, uh, the moment that they hired me in Dallas, I said, why did you just hire me? And uh, they said, because Kenny Gibbs put a good Mm -hmm. word in for you. And Charlie Whiteside, as well, put a good word in for you. I, I remember calling Kenny. And asking him, uh, you know, what did you tell him? Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. He said, don't thank me. Just you do it when it becomes your turn and make sure to give back. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's really all about. It's about giving back to important organizations, helping them, helping those that, are, that they can impact. Mm-hmm.
0: I agree 100% because I know I've had a lot of people help me in my career and the least I can do then is then help other people coming up because there are future leaders. Right. And so I, I think that's definitely a very important thing to do. So your first leadership value was humility, and your second one was integrity. And when you look at all of the different values that people have given, you're our 21st person that we have talked with about their five values, and you're the ninth person to give integrity as one of your right? top five. Oh, wow. So it's 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 very popular, but I think there's a reason for it. Can you share why you chose it as one of yours?
1: Sure. Would you mind if I go back to humility for no. just a moment? Because it ties into integrity. I would love it. Yes. So humility, and I've written that down before, as a uh, I've given that as as the top value for for leadership, and I've actually received pushback on that before. You know, people think, oh, you have to be a strong leader. You have to lead with the with a strong arm you have to you know forceful not at all in fact the best leaders that i know the most effective most respected leaders and i know world leaders i know corporate leaders education leaders political leaders and and uh the most effective ones have have had a large dose of humility Mm. you know i remember having a uh marine general crying to me telling me stories and just Seeing a tough guy like that, yet humble enough to tell you what's in his heart, Mm -hmm. and yet open enough, these leaders that have humility, they have the humility to think of others, put others first, and respect others' opinions, and not demand that their way is the right way. They gather their information, thus making the best decision possible. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why humility is so critical. Now, integrity is an extension of that, you know. So the integrity part of it is the characters, is the is who is this individual, and uh, and are they open to others' opinions? Do they respect others' views? Can you count on them? It all kind of weaves into integrity and who who that person is, and it's it's critical because that's that's the depth of the person. The integrity of the person is the depth of the person. When you have a organization, if you're in crisis or In good times, you want to make sure that you have the right leader in place with the right level of integrity to sustain the the bumps as you move forward. Absolutely. Yes, thank you.
2: Well, in doing some research for this interview, I came across another interview that you did with Dean Waller on the Be Epic podcast for the Walton College of Business. and I heard your story about meeting Jeb Bush, and that immediately made me think of your third value of preparedness and I won't try and summarize the story, but will you share that story and share how that ties into preparedness?
1: Sure, it actually is a good story. I saw people taking pictures in LaGuardia Airport with somebody. I couldn't see the person's face. He turns around, and it's Governor Jeb Bush. Of course, I wanted to meet him, and I think very highly of his family, but knowing that I I wanted to do research first on him, and I just took a minute to uh, to google you know and to to get some research so that when I went up to him I introduced myself and I thanked him for his service and his family service and then I said you've done a lot for education as governor very accomplished there are you still in education and so there started our conversation it wasn't just meet and move on it was meet and have a conversation being prepared made that difference in this case he immediately Invited me to an event on, on education with Tony Blair, and uh, we stayed in touch. and And I I, w- I went to other events with him, and and then a few months later, Jeb Bush and I ran into each other again in Laguardia, and uh, had more conversations. And this time it was a little bit more work related, political related, and and he connected me with his son, uh, George P. Bush, who's now the land commissioner in uh, in Texas. And we uh, I'm now serving as as uh, a vice chairman of an organization that he started, uh, Hispanic Leadership Alliance in, in Texas. And now I'm working with the family directly. Um, we are uh, you know, business partners, and, and we, do a, we do a lot of things together, friends. Uh, and so it's, it's been a, a great relationship, and I, I think it's all because of that you know, being prepared mm-hmm. at the moment.
2: I just thought that that story was so amazing because you didn't have to know his whole life story. You just took a few minutes and did that background. Your, your next value is confidence. And when I saw that, I thought of how you made the move from Merrill Lynch and the more, I guess, traditional corporate world into starting your own company and I think that had to have taken a lot of confidence and a huge step of faith. And could you talk a little bit about how confidence played into that transition and, and just what that transition was like?
1: Yeah, sure, and, and all these all these values, I guess, they're very symbiotic in the sense that they're all, they all tie in together. And so we were just talking about being prepared. I think that leads to confidence. My role at TIA, I was there for 21 years, uh, and I led executive relations for the company. And I led the Hispanic market nationally for the company. In my role as uh, head of executive relations, my role is to meet leaders, develop relationships with key leaders in in, uh, in you know in the corporate world, in in government, and of course the uh, the clientele for TIAA, which is which is colleges and universities. So my job was to get to know the most influential leaders in the country, and with each one of those meetings that I had, I made sure that I was very, very prepared. And that was the main thing that I wanted to convey to others in the company that were doing the same thing. Be prepared, do your research. And when you sit down, you know you have two or three things to discuss. But that also builds confidence. That confidence will get you through a really important, perhaps intimidating meeting. And the more prepared you are, the less intimidating it is. So one leads to the other, mm-hmm. uh, and in the case of the transition from TIA to establishing my own company, I did have the confidence to say, you know, you have those relationships in place. You, you've met a lot of key leaders in business, in politics, in uh, world leaders, and uh, not everyone has those relationships, and you can be helpful to companies and individuals that need access to those relationships. And I, I decided I wanted to do that. And, but I wanted to do it in a mutually beneficial way. When you're working with key relationships, you have to be very careful, guard those relationships. And if you want to introduce or connect another organization or another individual, one, you've been, you're prepared, you're confident that you're, you're going to be st- making this introduction, this connection, but you know it's going to be beneficial to both parties. And so all that coming together... Uh, stepped into creating my own my own company.
0: So we've gone over humility, integrity, preparedness and confidence and you'd mentioned before that you felt that humility was definitely kind of separated from the other three and you also were talking a little bit before we started recording about qualifications of leadership and you had mentioned that you wanted to say a little bit about that and I was intrigued when you mentioned that so, Could you share with us what was on your mind? qualifications
1: of leadership. Mm -hmm. I I do put humility first. Mm -hmm. I think that's absolutely, absolutely critical. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, these, well, I guess what we're going over here are Mm -hmm. really the qualifications, Mm -hmm. you know, to being a good leader. Mm -hmm. The, uh, and all of it combined will make you that effective leader. You know, I think it's, you know, all these qualities individually are good qualities to have in business any office you may hold mm-hmm. publicly or in a private company combined though i think these are the five critical components mm-hmm. to it and if you have these qualities other people think about that. think about seeing somebody separate from our group here that had that possesses these qualities that's somebody that you want to emulate mm-hmm. you want to take something from them hopefully learn something from them and bring that into your own practice and i think if you can develop your leadership skills to that level, I think you're being successful, if that makes sense.
0: That's interesting because we have talked about the humility, the integrity, the preparedness, and the confidence, but we haven't really touched on loyalty yet. And how does loyalty fit in with those other four? Because I've really liked how you said these are symbiotic, I liked how you've said that they're you know, a reflection of who you are and it infuses all different parts of your life. So how do you see loyalty fitting into the, the package with the other four?
1: You know there's a there's a certain loyalty to well there, there's several different facets of loyalty you know really uh you're the leader of an organization or you're the leader of a group uh or of a team whatever it may be whatever you're the leader of you're in that role you re- represent those that you're leading you uh you also represent those that you that the group is working with and the work that the that the group does whether it's a team on the field, uh, a team in business, a team you know, on a college campus, you're representing that organization, that group that is behind you, that is following you as the leader. So you have to be loyal to them, loyal to the to the group that you're leading. They have confidence in you, if you're doing this right, and you have confidence in them. They're part of the team. So there has to be a mutual respect there. So there's the loyalty factor to the group that you're with and that loyalty creates confidence in that leadership and it creates loyalty right back to you as the leader if you're talking about being loyal to the work it's more about being loyal to the the character the uh the strength of what you are delivering the product or the package or the service that you whatever it may be that you're representing stand firm, be confident, mm-hmm. as we talked about earlier, be confident in what you're delivering, be confident in the team that you have supporting it, and be confident in your representation of all that. So there's a certain loyalty that goes with that. The customers that you bring on are those that, that you, whoever your audience is, there's a loyalty there as well. You know, There's a loyalty to customers, a customer base. They've trusted you in, enough to engage your company, and so you should respect that back with true loyalty around that relationship. I think it's really really important. I also think it's a little dangerous. You can be loyal, be loyal to yourself in the in the role that you have and in in the work that you're doing. You can be too loyal to an organization when perhaps it's it's moved on from you a little bit. There's a separation there and uh be able to gauge that where where do I stand do I stand where I used to stand within this organization has it moved on further from me or am I do I need to change my pace or is this just something where I need to look for other opportunities I think that's a real uh critical point for any employee or employer to you know check that loyalty how loyal are we to this relationship and is it better to move on
0: Absolutely. And I was very impressed when I was looking over your career. You mentioned that uh, you worked for 21 years with TIA, and that's that's a phenomenal career in itself. And and now you've made this major transition to your own company, and you're continuing to, to work with the Avalon Network and also multiple other companies as well. I assume when you were graduating as an undergraduate from the University of Arkansas, because you did get your BSBA in financial management, I assume you did not see your career arc going the entire way that it has. And That's correct. <laughs> so, if you could kind of go back in time and and tell yourself something as a senior, what would you tell yourself?
1: Well, be be nimble, be uh, <laughs> be aware of your. Of your of your passions you know what are what are your passions and, I, and it's kind of a cliche but it's you know follow your passions and I would say a, a good lesson I learned early on was to be be true to yourself and to others and what I'm what I mean there is is that uh, there, there have been points in my career where you know as I, as I mentioned I well, I didn't mention this part, but I was an architecture major my first year. Mm-hmm. And I thought, mm-hmm. okay, this is going fine, but that's not what I want to do. And so I switched gears to finance and then started my career, as I mentioned, at Merrill Lynch. And after five years, I thought it was the right thing to do to move on. And I left there, but I also didn't want to go back into that business. Yet, all the job offers I was or I was getting at the time were right back into the brokerage business. And it was tempting because I was running out of savings, but I didn't want to settle for the wrong job. I didn't think it was fair to them, the employer, or fair to me in my career to not waste, but to spend a couple of years not doing exactly what I want to be doing or building towards it. And so I literally uh, mowed lawns trying to make ends meet. And Would go home, take a shower, put a suit on, and go for an interview. And I found TIAA, started my career there, but I did transition and I followed my passion uh, throughout that, uh, my career at TIAA, and then ultimately, you know, working with the CEO and uh, engaging our most influential clients around the country. So I would say being nimble, being able to recognize where you are, stepping into positions where you can continue your path. And uh, as a friend of mine, actually the CEO of TIA, told me it's not a corporate ladder. It's more like a climbing wall. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, you, when you think of it as a climbing wall, you may have to reach down. You may have to reach over sideways and go in a different direction just to keep going up. So keep that in mind. And then in my case, when, I, when there was a downsizing at TIA and I was affected by it, the first time that's ever happened, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. You know, it was an opportunity for me to go do something that I really, really wanted to do, and so I was able to transition into establishing a company where now I work with the most, the wealthiest families in the world, and uh, representing, you know, them and opportunities and matching their objectives with their resources to, uh, you know, to make make these opportunities, uh, you know, realized for them. So.
0: I really like that analogy that it's not a ladder, it's a wall, because yeah. I, I agree 100% my career has gone in directions that I didn't expect, and it is certainly not a linear path up all of the time, so I, I really appreciate that analogy. Sure.
2: So, Mario, looking over your career, and we've talked about some of the things that you are a volunteer for and the various roles that you've had. What would you say makes you qualified to be talking about leadership?
1: You know my my role at TIA was was uh, I developed what was called executive planning, which is focused on the leaders of universities around the country. and then for specifically for wealth management, then uh, our CEO asked asked me to do that for the entire company and lead executive relations. So my job was to get to know and build relationships with leaders of all kinds in corporate, in politics for sure in higher ed, which is what TIA serves. And so I got to know leaders in all these different areas. I got to know Nobel laureates, coaches, leaders in different aspects. And then and that started to branch out to other areas. I got to know several world leaders. And so through all that, I was able to, just through observation and getting to know them and what they're about and how they got to where they are, uh, what the passion is. You know for them I got to know a lot of the best qualities of the the best leaders because I saw some of the best leaders out there and some also that wouldn't fall in that category <laughs> but uh, but it, it did help me learn a lot about leadership
0: is there anything further that you'd like to say
1: you know the lesson I'd, I'd say I guess to the students is uh, I guess you have uh, a great opportunity in front of you you know you have a lot of you've built relationships So my my career is built around relationships as that was the podcast that I did with the Walton College you have relationships that you've established over your career as a student and I'm working with those relationships that I established as a student here at the University of Arkansas so those are going to be lifelong relationships that can further your career and be so beneficial to your life so I, I would just embrace it all and move forward and charge ahead
0: Excellent. Well, Mario, thank you so much for taking your time. We really appreciate it. You're welcome.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining
0: Leadership Web today. We hope that you found insight and guidance on leadership tools from this interview. Please join Leadership Web in two weeks as we explore another leader's leadership journey. Also, follow us on Instagram or LinkedIn by searching Leadership Web.